0: All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled women in the ring.
1: two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. My name is Felipe Leon. This is episode number 32, and with me like always, my co-host, my friend, Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight?
0: Very good, Felipe. How are you?
1: Good. Good. Thank you. Just, you know, trying to... I don't know what happened in Riverside, but here in San Diego, it was hot, it was humid, and then it started raining for a little bit. Did it rain over there? Oh, yeah. It rained crazy. It was like a tornado winds oh wow yeah so the the weather the weather's getting kind of crazy but you know it's not it's not uh it's not a global warming or anything like that right so anyways let's not let's not get in, <laughs> let's not get into that but get into the show the female fight world the boxing female boxing what we do here on the two minute round, your hooks and jabs look and tonight we're going to have a special guest i think it's the first time that we've interviewed her on this show but we're very familiar second with time. this. Second time? Was she been with us already? Yeah, I don't know. Time. You, got a, but yeah. you got a better memory than I do. Um, but we will have multi-time champion Kalisha West from Moreno Valley, California, with us. And she's going to give us some exciting news around 7.15. So before we get with her, let's go on ahead to the fight results for the last couple of weeks. There wasn't that many fights, so we should go through this. Fairly quickly, starting on Friday, Friday, August the 18th in Santa Fe, Argentina, Victoria Noelia Bustos scored a unanimous decision over Maria Soledad Capriolo in a 10-rounder to defend her IBF 135-pound title. Scores there were 98-92 two times and 97-93. While on the same card, Brenda Karen Carvajal scored a six-round TKO over Maria Angelica Ruiz in a scheduled six-rounder, actually in the last round, at the 135 pounds, the official actually no official time was announced for that bout. And on Saturday, the next day, August 19th in Buenos Aires, Argentina, Deborah Deborah Anaï Dion Dionysius scored a unanimous decision over Mexican Diana Fernandez in a ten rounder for the IBF super flyweight title. Scores were 100 to ni- 190 and 98, 92 two times, and it kind of broke Diana Fernandez's heart because. If she would have won that title and her sister who fought the same night would have won her title against uh, Linda Laura Lecha, her sister Karina Fernandez. It would have been the first time two female uh, Mexican sisters held one world titles at any time, let alone winning them the same night and holding them at the same time. Scores for the Lecha over the Karina fernandez Uh, WBA super flyweight title from Trujillo, Peru. Were 97-93 two times, and a much closer 96-94. So the chance of history in the making did not happen, David, on August 19th.
0: Yeah, I was I was kind of impressed with Diana Fernandez. So uh, she, um, I mean, it basically came down to experience. The -hmm. other girl from Argentina was very good. Uh, Diana was uh, not bad. I mean, she could take a punch, and it's funny because. Maybe that uh Dionysius doesn't hit that hard because I didn't see any bruises on Fernandez.
1: Mm-hmm. And it
0: was, she, looked the same. she went into that she went
1: into that fight undefeated. Fernandez did, Diana Fernandez did. And it was a somewhat of a step up. I mean, she had never faced anybody in that in that level like the champion Dionysius. Whereas her sister Karina Fernandez has fought and lost against uh other fighters. But you know, if you're gonna lose for the first time, it might as well be to the champion, and it might as well be in a world title fight. Correct?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, yes, there's no uh, nothing lost if you lose to the champion.
1: Yeah, her sister has actually dropped a, a unanimous decision to Lourdes Juarez La Pequeña Lulu, and then she's dropped a, a, her first pro fight Sus- Susana Uribe. Uh, So her sister had a little bit more experience as far as a little bit of a higher level. I mean, you might say that about the Pequeña Lulu, but, uh, but she was, you know, she was defeated United decision as well by Linda Laura Lecha in Peru. So, you know, too bad for them, too bad for the sport. It would have been nice to have some kind of a historic moment, but you know, the better woman won on either one of those nights. So, you know, you can only go with that. Um, Moving on to, To uh, the same night in Alameda County Fairgrounds in Pleasanton, California, up in Northern California, Raquel Miller scored a unanimous decision over Kiddo Watkins in a four-rounder. In the middleweight division scores, there were 40-36 three times. So Raquel Miller, slowly but surely, is getting in some wins. And hopefully, you know, maybe next year start, you know, kind of – you know, she's going up in the rankings, you know, because at 160 pounds, there really isn't a lot of fighters so you get up in the rankings fairly quickly so hopefully yeah. soon she will be fighting some bigger uh, you know bigger names i think like a name that she could face is frank sean cruz who just won earlier this month i believe her first fight i mean she lost to uh, clarissa shields in a pro debut and then in her second fight she won so now she's one and one Raquel Mil, i think she's 4-0 oh. so you know that's a fight that could make some waves. I'm sure. I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I'm almost sure that they've met each other in the in the amateurs. So that's something that we could look in the pros. Now uh, on Saturday, August 26th, on the undercard of the Mayweather-McGregor fight, if you want to call it that, Savannah Marshall, the English uh, ex-Olympian, made her pro debut, scoring a unanimous decision over Amy Coleman. You know, 168 pound four rounder scores. There were 40, 36, three 30 times. One thing that I did find interesting is that uh, Clarissa Shields claimed on her social media that she didn't even bother to watch the fight. Do you think
0: that's true, Bob, uh, David? Uh, I don't know. I know that she was there at the, the arena.
1: Yeah, so she might have gotten there later, like everybody does in Vegas. But oh, I kind of find it—I find it interesting. For her to to say that she didn't see it, I mean, why wouldn't you want to see the pro debut of the only the only woman, the only person that who's ever stepped in the ring and beating you, and you don't want to see her pro debut? That makes it a little bit interesting to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, prob-
1: probably. <laughs> and finally, in uh in the report in the uh, sorry fight results, Eva Walstrom scoring unanimous decisions, uh, staying undefeated over Irma Adler in an eight-rounder at 135 pounds. Scores there were dominating 80 to 72 three times. So, David, before we go into uh, the female fight chatter and as we wait for Kalisha to call in, uh, I'm sure you saw the Twitter uh, that a Twitter – one of our Twitter founders called Women's Boxing uh, posted up. He actually posted Mm -hmm. some questions um, and – asked us to maybe get into it here on the show. I asked the caller, I mean, the Twitter uh, person, the Twitter follower to join us, but um, he, he mentioned, he or she mentioned, because we actually can't tell by the Twitter account, uh, so we will be genderless here, but he said, we'd love to hear you guys discuss why we get so few 50-50 matches right now and what can be done to change that. And he continues to say, I know that's a problem across the whole sport, but I think particularly mm-hmm. in women's boxing, on the international scene, it's better. Excuse, excuse seems to be no TV, so no money. But if you build it, they will come. Or are we just gonna wait on TV forever? I'm sure you guys can think of countless great matchups, but few, if any, of them being made. Why is that? What's your take, David?
0: Well, first off, it, it's what promoters are gonna put up the money. Um, a lot of it is um, getting a promoter to stage a female fight. And to, to stage a 50-50 fight, the girls are scattered all over the place. you got to fly them over. you got to house them. There's a lot of things to consider. And uh, so when the time comes to where they finally say, okay, it's going to cost this much for housing, to fly, uh, for medicals, um, now we got, okay, all we have left for your purse, for your money, is $3,000. And everybody says, oh, no, forget it. You know, they're not going to fight 10 rounds for $3,000. In actuality, it's like a $7,000 uh, budget, but they just can't afford it. And so that's why they need big promoters with a lot of money to be able to do it, and they don't want to do it without TV either. So there's a lot of conflicting things uh, that stop it, stop things like this happening.
1: It also depends on what level they're at, you know. Like, I, like the the numbers you're giving, David, it kind of gives me the inclination that we're talking about, you know, somebody with, you know, maybe less than 10 fights or a little bit more than 10 yeah. fights or without a, a a title around their waist, and that makes sure. sense. And another another point with with that is that, you know, let's let's take for example uh, Marlene Esparza, You know, she has a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, she can fight. But Golden Boy, as a promoter, is, starting, is trying to build her. And it's very rare, male or female, that when you're trying to build a fighter and they have three or four fights, five fights, six fights, or even ten fights, that you put them in a 50-50 mm-hmm. fight just because you're building them, you're seasoning them, you're getting them exposure, and you're not going to run a risk of a 50-50 fight when there's really nothing to gain out of it except – maybe getting your fighter to take a loss. Now, if we go to the higher, uh, the higher level of the female boxing world, and it's like, let's say, you know, world titles, um, you know, then we, we move into like an example between Amanda Serrano and, and uh, Jelena Maranovic. I mean, Jelena had a number in mind, whether that number was realistic or not, or whether that was a way of her maybe saying no to the fight uh, without ha- saying no to the fight that's, that uh, that could be you know but when you get to those when, to that level when you're a world champion and you have um, you know uh, opportunities outside of Showtime and outside of New York City and outside of facing uh, Amanda Serrano then you know you're going to weigh that in and and, and and Milanovic does and a lot of world champions that have a a belt, you know, whether it's in Argentina or it's in Mexico or in Jelena's case in Canada, there's more opportunities to fight in your home country than in the United States for a lot more money and a lot more exposure. And that comes into play as well. But we don't only see that in female boxing. We also see it in the male side, you know, why fights are made and, and, and the choices are being made. So, uh, for the account, for the Twitter follower that, that made those comments, I agree to a certain extent, but you know, I think that if, that we've spoken about it plenty on, on, on this show and and, other, and other platforms that you could call this new or second wave of female boxing um, something, you know, this year and the end of last year. So it's little by little, little by little, I think we have to have patience. I think we kind of <laughs> and we have to keep supporting the, 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 sport. And I think little by little, it's going to turn around to the point where, you know, we saw like what you could call the heyday of the late eighties or not early nineties, when we were seeing, you know, female fights on, you know, on pay-per-view or on ESPN, you know, that whole top rank deal that they just did with ESPN and then selling Michaela mayor. I mean, that's a big step towards that, you know, uh, so I think it's just a little bit of time, a little bit of patience, and just waiting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's true. Everybody wants everything to have happened yesterday, but it takes yeah. a little time. We just started it this year.
1: You know, and and the, and the idea of that they that they put forth, stating you know like if you built it, they would come. Yeah, you know you can do that, but it's on whose back, you know these these female fighters. I mean this is a big chunk of their earnings. You know, they have jobs, but they can't get, like, a great job because they have to have the flexibility to be able to train and, and, and you know, get ready for fights. So it's not like you get a really good 8-to-5 job or 9-to-5 job or whatever the case may be. So they usually work part-time or, 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 or whatever the case. Um, so what happens if they say, hey, well, I'm going to take this fight to, to – uh, even though I'm not going to get paid all that much – but I'm going to take this fight against this other fighter because it's a 50-50 fight and this is what the sport needs. But then whoever loses basically has to start over and they're going to keep making that amount of money. And, you know, they love the sport, but they don't love it that much, I would guess. Right, David?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: You know, to <laughs> take one self, for
0: the... Self-sacrifice.
1: <laughs> yeah, to take one for the team or to take one for the sport. I mean, it sounds noble and it sounds, you know, like something that we want our... our. Uh, our athletes to do but it's very rare that we see something like that happen you know and, and with that said we're going to bring on the line somebody that actually has done that and actually taken one for the team as far as boxing when she faced uh, defending her title um, Ava Knight some years ago but we are going to bring on to the line Miss Kalisha West Kalisha are you with us?
2: Hey I'm here can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, you're great. Hi, Kalisha. Felipe, nice to, see, nice to say hi to you, and thank you for uh, joining us here on the two-minute round. Hey, thank you for having me. Good to hear from
2: you, and see that you guys are still doing some things for the women's boxing. It's pretty cool. Thank you.
1: thank you, Kalisha. And with that said, I want to pass it on to who I consider the godfather of female boxing coverage, at least in Southern California, not the United States, Mr. David Avila.
0: Kalisha, hi. How are you?
2: Hey, David, I'm doing good. How are you?
0: Are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm comfortable. Are you in a good spot? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So so, um, we we uh, we didn't want to uh, announce it ourselves, but tell us what's new with you, what's coming up for you.
2: Well, now that I'm a free agent and I'm able to fight anywhere, I'm not under any promoter. I have a fight already lined up September 23rd at Agua Caliente Casino in Rancho Mirage. So that's what's next on my on my agenda.
0: Uh, for people that don't know, uh, Kalisha hasn't fought in what three years? It's it'll be three years
2: this month actually. Yeah, three years.
0: Yeah, uh, time it, time passes quickly. It seems like yesterday that you were fighting a. In Canada, and, and uh, for most people that don't know, Kalisha won uh, championships in two divisions: the bantamweight and the super bantamweight division. And uh, so, what what was it like being away from boxing? Were, were you semi-retired, or or did you always consider yourself still in boxing?
2: Um, I was never semi-retired. I don't feel like I was ever retired. That's why I never told anyone that I was retired. If anything, when, after what happened in Canada, when I lost, and then just the whole experience, I kind of took some time away from the sport. I, never, I knew I was never finished. Um, about eight months after that fight, I wanted to get back in there and go hard, and it was unfortunate. I was caught up in a promotional contract that even th- there was nothing that was ever provided, but I also didn't want to take the chance of doing something against the contract and have it – come back and bite me and my team in the butt. So I felt, I guess you could say I was shelved for a year. So for a year, within those, the last three years, for a year, I was prompt, actually it was a year and a half, I was promised, you know, fights and being active and promotion, and it was never provided. So as soon as as soon as June came around, it was like, hey, let's start getting these wills, spinning the contracts void. We're going to go after whatever, we're a free agent.
0: So what has been your perspective in looking at the the female fight game in the time that you were away? Did you notice any differences or any changes that have kind of inspired you or or even detracted for you?
2: Oh, there's been so many changes. I can't even begin to – I mean, I can't even begin to explain. I know that – it's funny because 2010 feels like yesterday, but that was seven years ago when I won the world title at the Staples Center. The opportunities that are there today compared to 2010 or night and day. Uh, if it, if I would have won that title back then, it would have just. I feel like there would have been a lot more grasp onto that accomplishment, a lot a lot more media attention, a lot more uh, perspective from both boxing and non non boxing you know fans and critics because the whole era of female women who fight is just a, it's a completely different game these days. I know you know. With the and it and it all goes it all goes back to Ronda Rousey Ronda Rousey opening the doors for MMA and then all of the Olympians opening the doors for boxing. You know, every I'm really really thankful that the Olympians didn't stay amateur because they turned pro. They've opened down they've broken down so many doors for women's boxing because these boxing promoters. Sorry, I know I keep going. I just have so much to say about this, David. But boxing no, promoters. They, they they always wanted a finished product. They always wanted something that already had a platform. They always wanted a following, whether you have 30,000 followers or a pretty face. They wanted a finished product when it came to the women because they just didn't believe in investing into a female fighter. And when you have Olympians that are already established, sponsored, have a name, have a, a Netflix series, have commercials behind their their name because of the Olympics, Oh, of course these promoters are going to say, hey, you know, join me. or turn pro, join me. They have something that they're working with. They see it beneficial. So I'm, I'm thankful to each and every one of those female amateurs who turn professional because they open so many opportunities for the sport of boxing. And even though the doors are more so open for them, I mean, they still mm-hmm. open the door for females who may also compete against them, you know. So it's right. still overall a change in a movement for women's boxing. It's so, it's so different because in 2010, when I won the world title, it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Okay, I'm going to go to another country and defend it in Mexico because that's where all the opportunities were. See, had that happen now, you know, okay, what can I do now? I can still fight in the United States, and you never know what Olympian out there is going to call me out for my world title. You know, there's more opportunities now.
0: Yeah and another thing in your past is that unlike a lot of uh, fighters, you've traveled and fought in five different countries. Uh, what are it like three or four uh, countries that you fought in?:
2: Uh yeah, I, I fought in Canada, uh, Lima, Peru, uh, Denmark in Europe, and all over Mexico.
0: So you have a lot of experience fighting in hostile environments. What what kind of advice would you give other female fighters? Is, is it worth it going to other countries to fight? Uh, what do you gain from it?
2: You know, every time when I had a fight scheduled in another country, it, I was always I was always like, oh man, let's go gamble. And it feels like I was going to a casino, and I'm or I'm rolling dice when it comes to the decision. But but I knew that I had to go in there and do my job and do my job to the best of my ability to come home victorious. At the same time, that experience and just the overall opportunity to travel, doing something that you love is priceless, regardless of what happened to the decision. You know, I'm not going to say that all of my decisions in my past were in my favor because they were, but – to be able to say, yeah, I traveled to so and so country, and yeah, I traveled to here and did this. And looking back at, you know, even just by looking at the photos and where I was, and, and speaking to other people from that country and their language, it was an experience that is priceless that I will take to my grave and be very glad that I that I did. And I and boxing allowed
0: me to do it. What was the first country you fought uh, outside of the U.S.?
2: Oh man. Mexico. It was in Mexico. Good. Yeah, many times four. did you find it in Mexico? Um, I know I, I defended my title twice in Mexico. Gosh. Okay. I believe it's been four times. Oh.
1: It's actually, I'm looking at her box track, it's been three times. Oh,
2: okay. Well, three Florida, Florida. Google. Do you see Florida versus yeah.
1: Google? Do you yeah. See, in did you count huh?
2: Okay, you counted that one? Okay. Uh
0: that,
2: And then, oh, I remember. I remember why. Yeah, it's been three times, but my third title defense was in Pico Rivera. That was what it was. I always felt like every time I defended my title it was in Mexico, but it wasn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you fought some tough customers. What I remember the most is when you fought in Denmark. What was that experience like, going to Denmark where nobody speaks the language Nobody can really translate for you except for those people that spoke English. Wow.
2: It really, it was really, I felt really lonely. I felt like, uh, the, even when it comes to the signs on the wall, it's like, okay, what way is the bathroom? You know, I couldn't, I couldn't tell anything apart from what. It was very lonely, but, uh. I can say that their hospitality was amazing. The promoter and his son, the Vester, Alan Vester, they, they were very, uh, there was, I, I didn't feel like there was any favoritism. I felt like it was, they love boxing and they love women's boxing and they have star. Anita Christensen was their star and they were happy to bring me over. You know, I felt like they were excited about just the fight itself. It, it, I didn't feel any hostility in that situation. Unlike Canada, I did feel hostility in Canada.
0: And that's funny because they're our next-door neighbors.
2: Oh, so, I know. So when, yeah, when, you're, you're right. They are. It's, but I guess it's just not too long, you, not too you, far away. The boxing seems a little bit different, I guess.
0: Tell, tell people how you got into boxing. How, how did you get into it?
2: I grew up around it. My dad was a boxer when I was a kid in elementary. I remember going to, to the fights and watching him fight. And my uncle was a boxer, too. So it was it was always around in my life. And then as soon as my dad retired from professional, he, he became a boxing coach at a popular gym in Moreno Valley. And he had all the fighters traveling to all the tournaments, Golden Gloves, Silver Gloves, Gene Lewis. So I was always seeing all these fighters talking about their fights. Oh, you're going to go in the Golden Gloves? How'd you do, man? So I was like, hey, I want to fight, too. This looks fun. You know, I was always telling my dad, hey, I want to fight. Let me fight. And he never really took me serious, but I begged him. And when I finally when I finally got my opportunity, I felt like, okay, I'm going I'm to prove to him that I'm good. So when I sparred my first sparring session against this boy, I'll never forget, named Jonathan, and I just, I, I didn't know what else to do, so I just jabbed the heck out of his head. I just jabbed, jabbed, jabbed. And when I, I remember after that boxing session, my dad was like, "Okay, so you can you can kind of move." <laughs> so he started teaching <laughs> me a thing or two. But he never, my dad never really he never really thought females should box because this is way back in 1996. You know, we're talking about 1996 when there wasn't much going on. So he was he, he was very hesitant. And then when he finally gave me the opportunity, and when he trained me, he was still kind of focused on his men more than me. He just was like, "This is what she wants to do. She's crazy." He always wanted my brother to do it, but when he when he saw that I was taking it serious and that I'm very I'm a very competitive person naturally, so regardless of what I do, I'm gonna go full fledged So when he when he noticed that, he took a little bit more time and extra things to teach me.
0: What What would you say is your 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 Austin awesome style? I'm a
2: For those boxer puncher. The the re, I'll tell you what, the reason why I say I'm a boxer puncher though is because I'm great at boxing. Like I'm great at boxing. I know I could I'm really fast when I'm on top of my game. But I love to punch. Like I, I wish that I was great and a bigger puncher because that's all I would do. That's what I love to do. I love to sit in the pocket and bang. But my dad's always like, you know, you need a box and use that jab and you can do what you're do what you're good at, Felicia. So it's like I could do both, but I know I'm a better boxer from
0: what my from what my dad tells me, what people tell me. So I'd say I'm a boxer puncher. I don't know. What do you think, David? huh hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's accurate.
2: Boxer puncher. Yeah. Okay, okay. So when you won the title, it well. was a knockout, right? Hey,
0: when, so I won when the you title, won the
2: title, I was, was box- a knockout. I was boxing. Yeah, I was boxing. Yeah. And then, and you know what? I, I was boxing because my dad made me box. He, her name was Nonstop Gladney, because she was known at that time for non nonstop. She wouldn't stop coming. She would just keep coming like a like a train. And and my dad said, "You're going to have to box her. You're going to have to cut the ring off. You're going to have to, you know, not let her come and just demolish and run all over So I was boxing, and then it just so happened she went out there boxing too. So it threw me off, and I was like, okay, huh. So I tried to open up a couple times with punches, and then I just I got a left hook that landed clean, and an overhand right that I had cut her where she had to get stitches. And when she went down with the left hook, it, it wrapped up the fight. And she stumbled really right into the rest.
0: Do you consider is that the biggest moment in your career so far? <sighs> you know,
2: I... You know, uh, it was because I won the world title, but for me personally, my biggest moment was when I defended that title. I think I can honestly admit I felt like like becoming the champion is it was the easy part for me because I was already so hungry. I was so I was just like, "Oh my goodness, my walking weight was what I was fighting. I was eating right, training right, doing everything right because the the uh, draw in in uh, Denmark, really, really brought that fire in me. Said, Man, I was so close, but I didn't make it. So I'm going to make it my next opportunity. You know what I mean? So that was that was you know the easy part. But maintaining, being on top, and then when everybody wants that title, and every fight you fight, everyone is fighting as if it's their only opportunity and their last shot. That that to me was the hard part. And that those to me were the greater accomplishments. Was being able to defend the title because, because killer dog, damn, that girl hit so hard and she, in Mexico. And she was just, she was younger than me. She was just so, I'll, I'll never forget. You know, when I won, she was crying her heart out and I was like, I'm sorry, but you no, know, you ain't taking the title, but it's still, you know, she fought with so much passion. So I'm having to defend my title versus all these girls with passion to take it those
0: are the greatest moments in my career so far to me. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I can imagine that. Do you have any questions that you wanted to ask, me?
1: Yeah, Kalisha, uh, you know, the promoter that you ended up signing with that you just got out of the contract with, Blueprint Promotions or something like that, not only signed you with a lot of fanfare, but also another uh, – Former world champion Melissa McMorrow and the sister of Mariana Juarez. We are. We've heard through the grapevine that there were some kind of issues with the family of the of the promoter. He has family issues. But did you ever get like an answer or why it never took off?
2: You know, I don't even like to say his name. I don't even like to give him a shout out of what the name of his company is because that's how uh, non-existent he is and his promotional company is to me, um, when, I, when, when I, had a, I had a fight scheduled for Mexico and then when everything fell through, it was because he had a family emergency. I understand a family emergency, you know, things happen. But tell me, tell me what's going on, reach out to your fighters, We're supposed to be together, working together. You know, even if it's a month later, let me know. We heard nothing. I think he might be locked up. I have no idea. He might be in jail or on hideout or owe somebody something. I have no idea. I haven't heard anything from him. Neither has my dad. And as far as I know, neither has Melissa uh, when I reached out to her. But I reached out to her so long ago. Who knows? But I know Melissa kept fighting, but I didn't want a chance him coming from Hidal, like, hey, you breached the contract, I'm going to sue you for what you made for your fight. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. that could have been the sole purpose of his signing all these women. I don't know that. I mean, I gave, we, me and my dad and, and my team gave this guy an opportunity because there was so many promises, and it was, at that point, nothing to lose, much to gain. It, it would only be a year, and, you know, then we we put in there that the contract will be voided if not a fight is is promised. So that was that was our outlet when when we didn't when he didn't meet the expectations of the contract. But at the same time it's like I have no idea, Felipe. I wish I could tell you. I have no idea where he is. If you hear from him, you could let him know that I I don't care about him. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care about him. I don't even remember his name.
1: <laughs> Alicia, now we know that you've been out of the fight game for three years, um you know at least inside of a of a professional boxing ring. So you're coming back on September twenty third. Um what weight are you going to come back at? How many rounds are you going to go? Do you have an opponent? Are you kind of worried that the fight may or may not happen? I mean, I know that you're, you are you got your fingers crossed, but so many things have happened in your career as far as fights that on the back of your mind, do you always have that doubt that you're even going to fight?
2: You know, you're absolutely right on that so many fights fell through and whatnot but this one is a is a definite contracts were signed from both parties I'll be fighting Christy Simmons um, from Detroit but the thing the reason the reason why I knew this fight was going to go through is because number one I took this fight earlier than when I actually planned on coming back I didn't plan on coming back until October but I knew that if I didn't get the wheel spinning I'm never going to get the wheel spinning and who knows you know what will happen so this it's funny because somebody commented on Facebook and they tagged me and said, oh, who wants to take a fight with Kalisha with a month notice? Um, and it's like, aha, I got a month notice too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in the gym, but when you train for a fight, it's a totally different level of training. And whoever I'm fighting is getting the same amount of time of preparation that I'm getting for this fight. So that was unnecessary. And the, they knew because when we – we're set up to fight on this card with WFC promotions. We were offered to fight this girl, Christy Simmons. So she was the one who was already, you know, on 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 roster for being on the card, and I was the one who plugged that in and was the match. And the girl that I'm fighting is she's tough as she's tough as nails. Her records: eight wins with two losses, and her only two losses I've heard through the grapevine, like you say. They were controversial. I mean, I don't know, but that's what I've heard. You know, she's a lefty. She's, she's, a, she's, a, she's a good fighter, throws a lot of punches. So for my first fight back after three years, it's a tough one. But, again, you know, I'm 29 years old. I don't, I don't, I don't want to wait. I've already waited long enough. It's already been three years. I'm not going to hope for an October card and then the promoter in October says, oh, I'm sorry oh, uh, nobody would want to fight you, or, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have enough. You know, you just never know with boxing. So with this, I knew it was definite. Me and my dad knew. We knew what we had to do. We knew it was going to be tough, too. But I've I've been under worse circumstances. You know what I mean? Like, I've had odds against me nearly my entire career. I, I'm not tripping. I don't care. Uh, I know you mentioned there's a three-year three year layoff the you know, kind of make me nervous or, or, you know, have me thinking about that. But it doesn't. If anything, the circumstances of myself and my training camp are ten times better than what they were three years ago, you know. I had a nine-to-five where I was standing up all day. Now I get to sit down and rest, and then I get my work, you know, I get my tough workout in, and then I'm on this really good diet. I'm eating right. I didn't do that before. I was a little bit immature, but I'm older now. I've matured. I feel the difference in my body when I eat right. So I can't really complain. I'm not, I'm not going to sit back and complain about how long I've been out the ring.
1: What weight is it going to be at?
2: Oh, so the weight is 128. I didn't want it to be 128. I wanted it to be 126. But because the fight is sooner than October, we went we went ahead and agreed to 128. It's not going to be my permanent fighting weight at all, but I'm coming down and I want to be comfortable. So eventually I want to get my way back to 122.
0: So that's where you want to stay
2: at? Yeah. Yeah. 122. The weight has been coming off of me like water, you know, it's just like coming off. It's real easy to come off. And a lot of people say, Oh, you're older now, you're bigger now, but my family has we have really we have a really good metabolism. My mom, she's down to her high school weight, and she's fifty years old. So, it depends on the body and the person. I think one twenty two, I'll be real solid.
1: Now, God, with knocking on wood, everything comes out good on this fight in late September. What's the plan? What, what I know you and your dad like to plan things and talk things out. So, <laughs> what's the plan? What's the plan for you guys? What's the plan for Kalisha West in this? second half of her career.
2: (laughs) I'm laughing because that's my dad doing all the planning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't have much to play. He's the one that tells me what to do. I'm just like, okay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, yes, all right. Uh, I know he's mentioned it to me uh, that he wants to get my wheels spinning for the next two fights and then see where I'm at in the ranks and go after a world title, my third one, and, and then from there defend it. So it's not just going to be one fight and done. It's a couple more, and then and then we'll see what we'll see what opportunities lie ahead. I'm I'm really doing this for the love of the sport. It has it has nothing to do with me trying to be famous or me trying to be a star. Me trying to make make this my sole provider financially. It, it's just it's for the sole purpose of hey I'm 29 years old. I'm still youthful. I'm not I'm healthy. I'm not injured. I don't have to sit back dang, you could have got that WBC belt or man, you could have fought a couple more good ones. I don't want to do that. So I'm I'm going out, I'm going out with a bang. I want to go out and put on some really good fights with some really good people for the next for the end of for the end fights of my career.
1: Now lastly, Kalisha, I know that you've been in the sport for a long long time. I know you and David has known you for a long time I and mean, I mean, looking at your record uh looking at your box rec, I mean, I've been at, at a bunch of your, of your fights, you know. So I want to take I want to get your take on this. You know, what's your take on the 2 minute and the 3 minute round for a female boxing?
2: You know, when I I didn't like it at first because this is we were training and sparring 3 minute rounds all the time. So when I fought, it was like ding ding, it was so quick and I hated it. Because it, it brings away the science of the sport in the ring to where you can technically beat up somebody now you're just sprinting for two minutes. you know it kind of it kind of brings an amateur taste for the women and I don't and I don't I didn't like it. Have I stepped up and and you know you can't beat them join them yeah now I train in two minutes so that pace is in my head and I'm knowing when I need to stack up points and I know when I need to sprint rather than thinking I have more time than what I have. Uh, other than that, I feel like it's. I don't know why we have to do the two-minute rounds. I don't feel like it should be that way. I feel like it brings more technicality. I think there'd be a lot more cold, you know, knockouts rather than TKOs if there were three-minute rounds because if there's someone in there fatigued, tired, they're going to get caught in that last minute of the round. But it takes that away from the sport. Um, I mean, we give birth. I don't know what they're trying to protect. Mm.
0: David, any last comments, questions? Uh, yeah, I did have a question. Um, you were saying that uh, uh, you were thinking about three more fights uh, before going for a title. Um, are you planning to do that within a year, or is it, uh, or is it just spread over w- whatever time it takes? Um, well,
2: it's two or th- two or three more. I don't know. what I have to ask my dad. I don't remember what he said, but um, there's no time frame is after I get this fight done, I'm staying ready.
0: I don't
2: want to take time off. I don't want to go back and, and celebrate. No, I'm going to go right back to the gym the next week. So whatever opportunity presents itself, I'll be there.
0: So in a lot of ways, you're like Mikey Garcia. In fact, I know you know Mikey. You guys took time off at the same time, almost simultaneously. I know. <laughs> and that's really that, weird. That's kind of ironic. <laughs> <That's
2: really weird. laughs> yeah, we're neighbors, too. I see him when I'm driving around town.
0: <laughs> oh, is that right? You live that close to where he it, is, huh? Yeah, yeah. I see him a lot. It's
2: yes. it's it's a
0: coincidence, right.
2: but yeah, I thought about that too. How he took around the same amount of time, and he had some issue too with with promote, promotional contract or whatever. I don't remember exactly the details, but it, it's pretty similar to that. Yeah, I have the same mindset as Mikey Garcia. So,
0: so where are you training at, Felicia?
2: So my dad became head coach at Ringside Boxing Club um, out in Banning. It's a new boxing gym; it hasn't even been around but, but a year um, as of last month. And he's the head coach. He literally trains all day, so he has two o'clock class, three o'clock class, four o'clock, and then I get the one-on-one at night. I've been training there. It's oh, a really nice gym. It's it's really big. Uh, I. For the most part of my career, I trained in the garage. I cannot. I can just, you know, say like how I am and my dad is to be able to go to a gym and feel like we're at home, you know, and, and schedule sparring at a gym. Now it's like, hey, if you want to, if you want to set up some sparring, come here on a Saturday morning. We have that option. Unlike before, we were always traveling and going to other gyms. Now we have the opportunity to bring other gyms to ours.
0: So it's pretty cool. So, so Kalisha. If people wanted to see your fight on the 23rd, is there a number they can call or, or do they hit you up or call? Or
2: so the fight will not be live streamed. It won't be available on any type of channel. Or you have to go live. You have to go there and see me. So if you want a ticket, you can pre-order your ticket by emailing our team email address at teamkalishawest at gmail.com. It's T-E-A-M-K-A-L-I-E-S-H-A West at gmail.com My full name at gmail And then you can request your pre-order We're going to have somebody from the team Contact you with the pricing information And then your ticket will be We're going to give you links to where how you can
0: And from what I look From what it looks like It's a really good card Uh, There's a a lot of hot There including Devin Haney, and uh, so it's actually a pretty good card. And then with you, yeah, with the, former world champion, that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of good fighters on there. I've seen one of the Caballero brothers on there. Um, even Anthony Chavez is an upcoming prospect. I've known him since he was a little kid. So it, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of good fighters on there. It's gonna be very it's gonna be very good. It's gonna be a lot of action. So whoever goes is not gonna be disappointed.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a very good card. I'll be there for sure.
1: Good. Any <laughs> what <are they? laughs>
0: yeah. What's that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> are you
0: going to Felipe?
1: I'm gonna. Try. It's on a Friday. It's the 23rd. Saturday. I think it's Saturday. Saturday. Oh, it's a Saturday. Saturday. Oh, I might, I might, I might make it then. Yeah, I'm gonna try because it's Saturday. That's good. Yeah, I wanna. I mean, I see uh, pretty much anytime. time is finding the style in California in Mexico. I'm, I've tried to be there, so uh, hopefully we can make it out there. But, Kalisha, we th- want to thank you for calling in to the two-minute round and joining us once again. And hopefully we get to speak to you after your fight, and we can go from there.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, that'll be good. Thank you so much for having me, though.
1: Thanks, David. Thanks, Kalisha. No yeah. All
2: right. Good
1: Thanks, night, Kalisha. Have a good night. You too. And there you have it, two-time world champion. Kalisha West with us here on the two minute round. She's coming back after a pretty long hiatus on September 23rd out here in Southern California. And um, let's move on, uh, David, to, 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 well, actually before we move on, David, I looked at the record of uh, her, her opponent because it hadn't been reported yet on box wrecking. Now she kind of gives us the exclusive or at least the update of who she's going to be fighting this Christy Simmons. She's from Colorado. Uh, she made her debut in 2012. She lost. She lost her first fight against a two and zero fighter by the name of Lisa Amaya. And then she was built up, and then in her last fight, she actually dropped a eight round unanimous decision to Heather Hardy. So she has some experience, and her last fight, she's coming off a little bit of a layoff too. She hasn't fought since June of 2016. So it oh, hasn't okay. been as long as uh, it hasn't been as long as uh, as Kalisha's. And it looks like Kalisha is going to be able to get in the pocket with her because she's eight and two with only two knockouts. So it doesn't show that she has a lot of power. So that would kind of give Kalisha a chance to kind of stand in front of her and use her her quick hands, which we know she does have.
0: Yes, yeah, she's very talented. I, I'd like, I'm, I'm very interested in that matchup.
1: Yeah, and let's see how Kalisha looks. And, and you know, it's at 128, which is 10 pounds over her original Bantamweight and then six pounds over her weight at at where she wants to be at, where she, she can't make bantam weight anymore, but she can make super bantam weight. But she's going to be fighting a little bit over that. But that tends to happen when fighters take somewhat of a long layoff. Yeah, it has to come up naturally. Yes, sir. So let's move on to a little bit of female fight chatter. And tragically, our first note is a French boxing champion, Angelique Duchemin, died earlier this week of heart problems after working out at her local boxing gym. Duchemin held the WBF featherweight title, was undefeated and was training for an upcoming bout on October 12th, David. So I think this is something that, you know, it could happen in any sport. We've seen it in other sports. I've heard of like basketball players kind of having heart attacks while playing and, and, and other things. I mean, it's not because she was getting hit in the head or anything like that. It was just something that happened. She had a stroke and I, you wrote a little bit more about it on, on, uh, on an article for the Prizefighters.com, David, where it was somewhat of a a blood clot in her head. Uh,
0: no, no, she had a, a blood clot in her heart. Uh, mm. It was a heart attack, and um, basically, her 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 family. She had a father who also died of a heart attack, so it kind of ran in the family. Her father was also a boxer, and um, so. Boxing was in her in her genes, and um, but also she also was susceptible to heart attacks. Yeah, um, which is sad because she was only 26 years old. She just recently 26. Yeah, tragic. But
1: you know, it is it, you know it's a tragic, tragic story coming out of France. Um, but the announced bout between former WBC live flyweight champion Ibella Roca Zamora and former WBF flyweight champion Isabel Estrella Millan. That was uh, set up for the 23rd as well, David, has actually been postponed with no firm date, uh, a makeup date announced. So, for whatever reason, the date fell through for these two uh, women, and they were actually announced to fight on Televisa, which is the biggest um, uh, TV network in Mexico, and it fell through. Millan is not gonna let her training go by the wayside and actually has a fight scheduled in her adopted hometown of Monterrey on September 14th, but no opponent has been announced. So La Roca Zamora, who was the uh, light flyweight champion, WBC light flyweight champion, until she lost her last fight against Esmeralda Moreno, looking now to move up to the flyweight division and fighting one of the, you know, a a good challenge in Isabel Millan, taller than her, longer than her, now would have to wait. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously it wasn't Millan's side because she's fighting. So we don't know if La Roca Zamora got a better opportunity And they just haven't announced it Or if um, Or if uh, You know she got hurt and she just didn't want to say it. So well, let's see what happens there
0: Yeah that's pretty interesting So then Mian is a She's a gung-ho fighter She'll fight anybody anywhere She'll fight anybody Yeah so she's gone to Japan She's gone
1: to France She was knocked out in Japan By Naoko Fuy- It was Naoko Fuyoka right yeah, and then she went to France and she actually won the WBF flyweight title out there. So, yeah, you're right, David. She's ready to fight and fight anywhere and anybody. But finally, the fight, mate, that we've all been waiting for has been set for September 30th in Ecatepec, Mexico, when reigning WBC flyweight champion Jessica Laquica Chavez faces current WBC light flyweight champion Esmeralda Moreno for the WBC diamond belt. And the final of the flyweight tournament, which began last year, This is a rematch of their fight of the year in 2016, and many questions will be answered at the end of 10 rounds or less on September 30th on Televisa in Mexico. I'm sure that we'll be able to catch streams or at least catch it on YouTube afterwards, uh, this fight, David. So after talks, I mean, there's been talks for a couple months, and they were just waiting for the right date, and they finally found it
0: on September 30th. Well, that's going to be a great fight. Yeah, it's going to be a great, year.
1: Yeah, I think as a good contender for for fight of the year. So that's the fight chatter. Anything on uh, on your end, David, as far as fight chatter?
0: Uh, yes. Um, Yocasta Del Valle of Costa Rica is going to be fighting Nayoko Fujioka. That fight and, was supposed to take place in September, but they pushed it to October. But, but that was just announced today.
1: And that's still going to be in Puerto Rico.
0: Uh, no, it's not going to be in Puerto Rico. They're going to uh, get another site. They have agreed to fight each other, but uh, the Puerto Rican uh, site fell um, through. They, they, is a kind of complicated reason, but uh, they're still going to fight. But it's going to be in October. It might be in Costa Rica. It might be in in the, um, the U.S. Even. Uh, they're looking for a place. Wow. Uh, currently. The Costa Rican girls training in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and uh, And Danny the is in Japan. Huh? And uh, is it going to be for a title? It was supposed to be for a title. It was supposed to be for the WBO light flyweight title. Mm, okay. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. David,
0: well, go not ahead. Sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's going to be still going to be the title because it was going to be in Puerto Rico, but that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and WBO title is going to be <laughs> at stake. Yeah. Our
1: next show, David, is set, scheduled for September 14th, which is going to be a couple of days before the big uh, Gennady Golovkin Triple G fight. Actually, I saw a woman on, on um, Facebook, but I don't, I, I'm trying to remember her name, but she kind of gave the inkling that she is the next opponent for Marlene Esparza. She mentioned, oh, no. Well, they have, huh, I wanna, we're going to have to investigate this. Um, they have on box Rick, Marlene Esparza's next opponent as Tania Cosme of Colorado, originally in Mexico, five wins, six losses, one draw. But the woman that I saw post on her and, and I'm gonna contact Tania Cosme. I have her I have her contact information and we'll have some more info on the next show. But the woman that I saw post on on um, on Facebook that she was gonna be on the Canelo Triple G card. She didn't mention who she was facing, but Marlene Esparte, the only fighter on that card, is none other than Araceli Palacios, who was the last opponent for Cines Estrada, eight wins, seven losses, one knockout. So she's the one that mentioned that she was going to open up the fight card on the Gennady Golovkin Canelo card um, you know, that gave me the idea that she was going to face Marlene Esparza, Marlene Esparza, but here on BoxRec it says that it's another fighter by the name of Tanya Cosme. So uh, we're going to try to get to the bottom of that.
0: Yeah, interesting. So that's um, – I would think it would be Marlene What was that? Yeah, I would think it would be
1: Marlene Esparza. Well, yeah, no, Marlene Esparza, but I want to know who the opponent's going to be. Is it going to be the Tania Cosme or is it going to be Araceli Palacios? Araceli Palacios is the one that I, that I saw on Facebook post that she was going to be on the Canelo Golovkin card. But Boxrec has Stania Cosme as the next opponent for Marla, Mar, uh, Marlene Esparza. So we'll see. We'll get to the bottom of it, and we'll give you some info on our next show. But let's go on to our upcoming calendar. Our next show, again, September 14th, where we'll be talking about all these fights, any fight chatter that comes up, and then we'll obviously, like always, we'll have an exclusive interview here on the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. Uh, Saturday, September 2nd, this Saturday from Domo de la Fede in Chihuahua, Mexico. Uh, actually, that's not it. This uh, Actually, Lourdes Juarez... Oh, man, I, I wrote it down wrong. Let me check it real quick. Sorry. Because that fight's going to happen... Um,
0: Bear with me one
1: second. Actually, this fight's going to be in the Domo de la Feria León, but it's not Sanford. It's actually Promociones del Pueblo on Televisa. It's going to give us uh, Lourdes La Pequeña Lulú Juárez, the, sm- the younger sister of Mariana Juárez, who's going to be fighting for her first quote-unquote title. She's going to be going for the vacant WBC Feckenbox flyweight title against Cecilia Santos Coy Ramírez in a scheduled 10-rounder. That is going to be televised in Mexico. I'm sure you're going to be able to find the stream Somewhere, Lourdes is 20 wins, two losses, three knockouts, whereas Santos Coy Ramirez is being reported with two wins, four losses, only one knockout. But I don't believe that is true. I believe that she has more fights, but they just never been reported to box rec. Uh, or I might be wrong. But, you know, we hope that she does have more fights because if she has that record and she's fighting for a WBC Box title, that kind of is uh, appalling. And the and box title is basically a uh, title – FECOMBOX is basically the, the Mexican federal commission, all the commissions, uh, they're, they're part of a federal organization kind of like the ABC in the United States and the WBC is affiliated with them and that way they, they did that title so they're gonna be fighting for that. And on Saturday, September 9th in San Miguel, Argentina, Cecilia Sofia Mena will face Anaí Esther Sanchez in a 10 rounder for the vacant WBA 135 pounder uh, pound title whereas on the same night from, from the Centro de Convenciones in Tecamac, Mexico, Estrella Valverde will face Carolina Arias in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBC International Super Superflyweight title. So the winner of that fight automatically gets ranked in the top 15, if not the top 10, if they're not already ranked there, and hopefully they get an opportunity against the champ who is, uh, I remember her name, uh, Lupita Martinez, who beat um, Zulema Munoz, and, yeah, La Loba, who is, oh. they're supposed, they were supposed to make a rematch of that in August, I was told, but it didn't materialize, so let's see what happens there. Um, in the same night, on September 9th, uh, next Saturday, out in Agua Prieta, Mexico, Jessica Arreguin will face Natalie, Natalie Maldonado in the 10-rounder for the WBC FECO Box Super Bantamweight title. And lastly, on September 9th at the StubHub Center in Carson, California, on, well, it's not going to be on HBO, but I'm sure they're going to stream it live somewhere. Cineas Estada yeah. faces Anaí Torres in an eight-rounder at 108 pounds. This fight, David, is a rematch of an earlier fight that they had. Uh, actually, they fought back in – when did they fight, David –
0: Mm. Did they
1: fight? I think they fought, did they? Anai Torres. No, no, actually, they never oh, fought. They they could have, no. no, they did. No, she fought Nancy Franco. Senessa Estrada fought Nancy Franco. Anaí Torres, you know, she's coming up in weight. She's really a, a, a straw weight. It's not even a atom weight, to be quite honest with you. She's 16 and 16 with one draw, two losses. So, no power whatsoever. Um, you know, a good opponent. She's going to bring some experience for for uh, Sinez Estrada, but Estrada obviously is going to have the the advantage in speed, and we'll see if she's able, going to be able to uh, show that on Saturday night, on September 9th, or if Torres has something up her sleeve for her. Let me let me check with Tania Cosme here, uh, who actually responded to my message on Facebook right now. Uh, let me ask her if she's okay. fighting. Marina Esparza. Okay. What do you think about that Torres fight against Estrada? Uh,
0: I think um, Sinisa is a little too fast for her.
1: And then a little bit bigger as well. I mean, Sinisa has been fighting, even though she's a light flyweight, she's been fighting a, a, a flyweight um, for the majority of her, this, of, her, uh, of her career. So I think that's going to make somewhat of a, uh, of a difference as well.
0: Yeah, is at a different level right now. She just hit another pl- plateau. She looks pretty good. Huh.
1: So, do you think she's coming around to challenging for a world title or at least some kind of title, maybe NABF?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. She's ready. She's ready yeah. for any of them. And, and uh, you mentioned. And
1: you mentioned that they're gonna um, that they were gonna they're gonna. Um, stream it on Facebook or some other platform, correct? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Probably Ring. Ring? But Golden Boy is not involved on that fight card, are they? Uh, they, they well, they do, it, they do local fights too. It doesn't okay. have to be Golden uh, Boy. Okay.
1: Well, we're going to be in the house that night. I'm going to make the trip up to the Up Center in Catherine, California to catch that fight and the others on that card. I'm expecting you're going to be there as well. So, with that said, Absolutely. I haven't got a response. I haven't gotten a response from Cosme, but we will have the answer for you on our next show of who is going to be actually fighting Marlene Esparza on the 16th. Maybe by that time they would have put out a press release mentioning Esparza is on that card at least, because they haven't done it since May 6th, since their last fight on the other Canelo card against Chavez Jr. So, David, any closing thoughts? Uh.
0: No, I'm pretty uh, – it looks like there's going to be some pretty pivotal female fights coming up in the next couple of weeks, uh, especially in the United States and Mexico. Um, David. And uh, – go ahead.
1: Um, you know, we've, you and I, being on this show and, and in other platforms, we've, you know, we've talked about this year quite extensively how great it's been. But we've seen that in August and September maybe the rest of the summer – it's kind of taken a little bit of a downturn. It's expected. Boxing, even though it's not a seasonal sport, it goes throughout the year, sometimes because of the summer. Uh, promoters, as well as TV networks, tend to kind of slow down in their programming as far as boxing is concerned. But, you know, is there hope of... Uh, do you think there's hope of it closing out pretty strongly here? I mean, if there are going to be bigger fights than the ones we mentioned, like the one with... Um, uh or at least as big like Jessica Chavez against Esmeralda Moreno. Shouldn't we be hearing some rumors uh, about him in the later in the last I'm, third of the of the year?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think there's actually I think that uh Amanda Serrano should be fighting on Showtime. Uh I yes. think she'll be fighting against uh the Argentine girl um uh what's her name? Um and, uh, I'm forgetting her name, I know. Ester, Ester. Yeah. The champion. The one-point yes. champion. Because is uh, going for a sixth title in six divisions. And uh, they're negotiating right now. I think the fight's going to get made, and it'll be on showtime. And that's going to be huge. Uh, that's going to be the biggest fight in terms of history-making. hmm
1: And then we probably expect for Clarissa Shields to fight one more time. We spoke to – on our last show, we spoke to Maricela Cornejo and her manager, Nancy uh, Rodriguez, who mentioned that they had been offered a fight, I think, for December. Obviously, Mariana – Maricela decided not to take it, if you guys listen to that interview. But, um, uh, But, you know, Clarissa should be fighting again, and it might be on TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, if, if not Marisela, since it's not going to be her, it'll probably be Christina Hammer, and that's an, that's another big fight.
1: Yeah, that that's a huge fight. That's a huge fight, so let's see if that goes down. So hopefully we keep our fingers crossed, and we, we hope that the fight ends up as well as it started in 2017 and it continues into 2018. With that said, we give you good night. We thank you for listening to the Two Minute Round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. We'll be back on September 14th to talk about All things female boxing. Good night, David.
0: Good night, Felicia.